the concert the world thought it'd never see. History is about to be made. Van Halen returns. Coming soon to a city near you. Eddie Van Halen, David Lee Roth, Alex Van Halen, Wolfgang Van Halen, special guest Kaimani Marley. Don't miss Van Halen. Coming to a city near you. A live nation event. From Montreal. Around the world. Jeremy White Podcast. With Bistan. For the best Lebanese cuisine in Montreal, it's got to be Bistan. Visit Bistan.ca. Now, the Jeremy White Podcast. Well, I'm super stoked to be talking to this guy because, I'll be honest with you, I've been admiring him from a distance on Instagram for a little while. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, Their new CD is called Pressure. It's available on October 16th via Snake Farm Records. You can go pre-order that, pre-save it, pre-download, do whatever you got to do to get it into your life. Tyler Bryant and the Shakedown Pressure. Go and get it. Welcome to the show, Tyler Bryant. How are you, dude? I'm good, good. Good to see you, man. Dude, that jacket is dope. Oh, sweet. Hold on a second. Hold on. I'm going to push record, and there we go. Yeah, I just got this. It's, It's a Christian Benner. Oh, nice, dude. That's my boy. Yeah, he's he's the coolest dude ever. I, I'm a big Def Leppard fan. So cool. Phil Collin has like the signature PC one that he hand painted, and this is kind of like an homage to it. Like it's got the uh, like on the back. It's oh yeah, that's dope. You know, it's got all the green and everything. But I was man. like, it's got to have a little bit of bling like on the shoulders, you know, to kind of make it pop a little. Yeah, man. I bought one of his jackets uh, two records ago. You know, <laughs> before we started shooting videos and stuff, and. I lived in that jacket forever. I mean, listen, are you really a rock and roll guitar player if you don't have a Christian Benner jacket at this point? Yeah, you got to have good leather. (laughs) So uh, tell me about this new song, because I was reading in the press release that this was written before the pandemic all kicked off, but it kind of rings a hell of a lot more true now that we're kind of dealing with this whole madness. Yeah, dude, I know. I mean, it's that's the that's the cool thing about songs is. You know, certain songs that I've that I've written over time have just taken on new lives, you know, as as things change and as you grow and experience different things. And Graham, uh, Graham Whitford, who's the the other guitarist in the shakedown, he he and I wrote Holding My Breath long before the pandemic or any of the madness that (laughs) is 2020. And um, when we started cutting this new album, Pressure. Graham and Caleb brought that song back to my attention because I honestly had forgotten all about it. And uh, we we listened to it together and just thought these lyrics are, they feel like they were written for this, you know? Yeah. But the truth is, the truth is like people have been waiting on better days for a long time, you know? I mean, that's just something you <laughs> you experience as you're living, you know? You experience stuff where you go, I'm ready for this to be over and something better to come along. <laughs> no, totally. Dude, the world's fucked, man. It is what it is. <laughs> yeah, it just is what it is, you know, and you got to make make the best out of it. And that was the whole point of making this record is, you know, I know a lot of a lot of artists are choosing not to release new music right now, but like that is, we need yeah, we, we need, need it, you know? <laughs> we need it. And so we were like, let's make a record and let's like basically look at the pressure that we're all feeling, you know, especially as like we're fish out of water right now. We're a rock band with no shows. Yeah. So so it's like, let's take the pressure and make something 
radical with it. And that's that's sort of like what we came up with. Well, that's the whole thing. You know, I was talking to my buddy Mitch LaFawn about this. We're like, you know, all these bands that are kind of holding back their releases. And they're like, oh, I don't want to put us out because we're not going to be able to go make money on the road with it and this and that. But I'm like, well, maybe now's a good time for you to maybe reinvent yourself. Have a yeah. little bit of fun with your music. Do some things that you wouldn't necessarily do. Put it out there. See what the fans are willing to accept. You know, it's like everybody has time in their hands to just sit at home and listen to music or watch some stuff online. And it's like, yeah. now's the perfect time to put it out there. Everybody has disposable income because, A, nobody's working and there's nothing to go out and do. <laughs> like me. Yeah. I've spent more money on music in the last, like, six months than I have, like, I think in forever. Yeah, dude. I mean, well, it's like, it's crazy. We've, we've, we started pre-sale for our new album and it's, it's doing better than our last record already, you know? Nice. And it's, and I think it's like, think about it. Like if you have a restaurant in your neighborhood that you love and you know, they're struggling, you're going to go there because you want it to be there whenever this shit is over. Yes. You know? And exactly. So we felt, we felt a tremendous amount of love from our, like the fan base that we've spent so long to just like grow and um it's it's been pretty pretty overwhelming to be honest with you just because people are like hey let's we want we're ready to be behind you and we're gonna be there whenever we can be so yeah. i love it well you guys have been kind of killing yourself you know on the road the last couple of years just you know kind of opening up for some of the biggest bands in the world it's like you know i've been i've been kind of uh, like quietly admiring you like just by following on instagram and stuff the last couple of years and i'm like holy shit like th these dudes are like you know opening up for guns and roses and they're playing stadiums and isn't that nuts that's just so weird yeah but yeah it's sick <laughs> i love it um yeah we've to be honest with you i've i've felt like so out of place this year just because we've we're a band that does like upwards of 200 shows a year so it must be like really fucking weird to be sitting at home doing nothing well you know it's i got married i got married in october so almost a year ago and i've been able to like spend time with my wife and <laughs> but, but i'm i keep like catching myself going uh-uh dude you can't get too domestic you gotta roll at some <laughs> point you know <laughs> <laughs> like no, no Tyler Bryan can't be sitting at home taking the trash out, you know, being no, lovey dovey. I, I know, I know. I've I've definitely been feeling the uh the itch to like get out and just destroy some venue, you know? Yeah. When was the last but, show you guys did? We played with Clutch in Asheville, North Carolina at the Orange Peel on December twenty eighth. <laughs> oh man, dude, that's a long time ago. That's a long time ago. That's I haven't gone this long without playing a show since I was a little kid. Jeez. So, but it's it's cool, man. You know, we we made a record. I made a record for my wife's band, Larkin Poe. Yeah. Well, they made the record. I just recorded it with all my. I've basically just been spending all the money I I don't have on recording gear. <laughs> I'm like, what else am I gonna do? I have to make music, and uh, you know, we were able to make the Shakedown record, and I've been working on this low down bluesy gospel record you know it's just like finding different ways to yeah. stay creative and inspired by music yeah you're keeping busy when i say you know we're not doing anything at home i'll use that term really loosely because as musicians it's kind of like we're, we're just constantly doing something yeah, yeah I, we i never turn i never turn up turn it off it's yeah. always there's always something you know hey i'm buddies with uh, adam hamilton and i saw that you guys are i saw you did a session for william shatner's new thing oh yeah 
I did that too. That's another thing I did during so, lockdown. So talk to me about that. You know, were you were you a big Bill Shatner fan, Star Trek over here, or was it kind of? No, like- I'm not gonna lie. I've never even seen Star Trek. <laughs> Dude, neither have I. I'm a Star Wars guy, so you know. <laughs> I, I've never seen it, but I've seen I've seen enough stuff that he's in to where I know that he's a legend. Um, yeah. And yeah, I got I got this pack. I went to the mailbox the other day, and I had a package in the mail. And it was from William Shatner, and it was like a signed CD saying, Dear Genius, thank you for playing on my record. <laughs> oh, that was so sick. That's just so cool, though, you know? Yeah, I got, I got, I actually got called by Billy Gibbons about doing it. He was like, AT, I'm overseeing this project from Mr. William Shatner. Can I recommend you? And I was like, Yeah, of course. Nice. So, what did you play? Like, uh, obviously you played guitar but like what's the what's the vibe of the song that you did well so they sent me it's he does a lot of like classic blues covers and so they basically said pick whatever song you want to play and i um i had just acquired this badass flying v oh nice and so I, so i chose the albert king song just so i could play a flying v on an albert king song <laughs> nice. you know do you have the flying v there yeah it's in the other room do you want to see it yeah absolutely Hold on. Let me find it. It's pretty bad to the bone. <laughs> I love flying V's. This one was made in Georgia. Handmade by this one guy in Georgia. It's a gold top flying V. Oh, wow. Look at that. Isn't that sick? Damn. So, yeah. This this guitar's been, like, all over all kinds of stuff. Yeah, I just absolutely love it. What kind of pickups are in that thing? You know, it's the guy who made it. It's his name is uh, Matt Hughes. He has a company called Banker, um, mm. and it's all and like it's a, like real Karina, and he hand wound the pickups for it. Wow! And I know this because he came over to my house and put them in because it originally had these insane pickups in it, and then I was kind of hesitant to change them, but these actually do sound better. So I don't know what they are, but he made them. Nice. Oh, that's beautiful, man. Yeah, I dude, I took a spill whenever we were out on tour with. Uh, Stone Temple Pilots and Rival Sons last year. And I I just hadn't had a haircut in a long time. And my hair was like, you know, it was just all in my face. And I just didn't see it. And I I I walked into a wedge like a monitor. Oh. And with the flying feet and just ate shit. It was awful. <laughs> like like face plant? Totally. In front of, in front of like a sold out crowd. Oh man. But I still have all my teeth and the guitar still works, so it's all good. Big win. Big win right there. Win for the home team. <laughs> the Jeremy White Podcast. The Jeremy White Podcast. Podcast. So talk to me about this new CD. It's called Pressure, coming out on October 16th. Uh, in regards to the sound of the album, you know, I, I was talking to um, Steve Stevens about this from Billy Idol. And yeah. I was saying, you know, he's like, yeah, we're working on a new album. We're going to new music, this and that. And I was like, okay, well, let me ask you this. What's the album going to sound like? Are we going to try and recreate the sound of the 80s and have that big explosive production? Are we going to go with a modern kind of sounding Billy Idol where it's that Pro Toolsy mid-range kind of modern sounding tone? Because everything old is new again. And if you listen to pop radio, The Weeknd, Dua Lipa, everybody's sounding like 80s pop music. Whereas on yes, the yeah, rock, I'm completely unaware. Yeah, yeah, dude, it's 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 nuts. And whereas on the rock side, everybody's kind of got this, I guess you know, looking for that nostalgic kind of '70s less is more style production, and specifically mm-hmm. the music that you make. The production style definitely goes hand in hand with the sound of the music. Yeah. So you know, you talk about the the 
guitar tones or even like the processing on the vocals, you know, that distorted kind of, uh, it's, it's almost right. like you use that microphone they use for the, like a harmonica kind of thing, you know, like a megaphone yeah, yeah, style. A lot of those. Yeah. <laughs> mega sto- mega megaphone yeah. style effect. You know, talk to me about the production of the album, because are you guys going to have that style, that kind of sound, that, you know, grungy, bluesy tone that we've kind of known to know? Yeah, there's definitely, well, I mean, we recorded the record in lockdown. So we recorded the record in, in my home studio um, and we didn't use any drum samples. There's no like 80s drum replacements. Damn. You know, there, there's no like big gated reverbs. We were like, yo, <laughs> if we're going to make a record in a basement, let's make it in the basement and basically yeah. like let, yeah. our, let our core fan base into our creative space. And that's that was sort of the goal of the record was to embrace the limitations that we were surrounded by, you know, of not being able to go into a studio. Um, just basically just being locked in with each other in the band and our uh, friend, Roger Allen Nichols, who's basically like a band member to us. Um, and like yeah, we, we tracked, we tracked a lot of this stuff completely live, like down and dirty. Um, nice. You know, it's just, it's, it's a, it's a gut punching record. <laughs> <laughs> That's a good thing. Yeah. The, uh, I was looking at the track listing for the for the album, and like ninety percent of the album is a one word title. Mm. Was that like was that part of the thing? You're like, was that was that a you know a preconceived kind of thing? Said, hey, you know, one word titles. Let's let's get a word and write a song. Like, how did you write these songs, and how did you come up with these titles? To be honest with you, this is news to me. I'm really? Just learning, I'm just learning this. Um, dude, yeah, I was I, literally looking at it, and I'm like, what the fuck is going on here? Like, most of, I, dude, it's like 90% of the, uh, of, the, uh, of the track listing. Wait, I could read it off to you right now. Uh, you know, Coasting, Fever, yeah. Loner, Fuel, Misery, Wild Side, <laughs> Automatic, Backbone, Hitchhiker, Pressure. Dude, there's two, three songs that aren't just one-word titles. Hey, that sounds pretty badass when you read it off like that. <laughs> it does. <laughs> yeah. No, dude, it's, you know, there's there's more than one word in each song, so I guess we have that going for us. Right. Um, well, that's good. Be if, bad if, if you were just like, like, you know, wild side, misery. <laughs> just one word the whole song. You know, honestly, I feel like Iggy Pop could get away with that. Oh, totally. Have you ever heard that Iggy Pop song, Batman? I don't, it's like this, it's the Stooges and basically Iggy Pop just, I think it's called Batman and he just goes, Batman! The whole time? Batman. Yeah, I mean, the, uh, for a be- better part of this song, it's rad. Yeah. Um, but yeah, the writing process was like, you know, some of the songs like Hitchhiker, um, we just wrote it in the studio and it's, you know, it's, it's a fun rock and roll song about temptation. Don't give the devil a ride because it won't be long till the devil wants to drive. Nice. That kind of thing, and then um, you know, automatic is is a song that that um, I wrote with a couple friends of mine prior to you know even thinking about making a record, and I just for me that song is so fun uh, to play and sing because of the lyrics as the singer just get me completely hyped. You know, the song starts nine hundred ninety nine nine lives too fast to crash won't apologize, and it's like I love that idea of. Too fast to crash. I can just, you know, I can just see that being a, a badass tattoo, you know? <laughs> yeah, or our, a great our, skeleton, our, our bird school man on a go-kart with flames. Too fast to crash. Nice. Um, so when you go to write these songs, do you write them with the intention of you, 
you know, enjoying singing them? Is there anything in the catalog that you're just kind of like, meh, I don't, meh, I don't feel like singing this. I don't, I don't like it. Not on this record. I mean, there are a couple songs in like on, in the past, you know, where you just, I feel like I'm at a different place in my life than I was when I wrote those songs. And I guess, mm. you know, that's kind of the goal as a songwriter is to hopefully write timeless songs that you'll want to sing for forever. Um, but yeah, all of these songs are, are personal to me in, in some way, shape or form. And, um, you know, they're the songs that, that I, I, I feel passionate when I'm singing right now, you know? Right. So how do you write a song? You sit there, try and remember some life that you lived, throw down some words, or is it melody for you, or is it a guitar lick? You write, do you record a track, and then it's, uh, and then you come in with lyrics and melody, or what? How does it work for you? It's a, it's a little bit of all of those things, you know. Yeah. There's not really like a rhyme or reason. My, my process is um, kind of all over the place, um, and some, sometimes it's like it starts with. Caleb coming over here and jamming a drum groove and me setting up an amp and us just rocking out. And then before I know it, I'm screaming words and I don't even know where they're coming from or what, yeah, what it's going to be. And then you have a song, you know? Um, and then, and then sometimes, um, you know, it'll start with a title. Um, like I'll tell you that song fuel. Um, I had, I had this basically a relationship, like a, a business relationship end that I'd been in for, for quite a, a while. And I was kind of going, man, I just, I feel really like sad about the way this had gone down. And, mm. uh, it's not Noah, it's not Noah Denny, our bass player. Cause if shakedown fans are listening to this, they might think it's because Noah, Noah Denny, our old bass player left the band after eight years, mm. which we're actually like on really great terms and like probably better friends than ever. But mm. like, yeah, I, I had a, I had a publishing deal and, um, I'd been there just for like, I'd been there for like a year and then the company got bought and they let a lot of artists go. And I was like, oh. I was just so, cause it, I, it hurt my pride where I was like, what, why did they let me go? Like, I, I can write songs, yeah. you know, I'm playing stadiums with guns and roses. Like why, why are you going to drop me? Yeah, I know. Um, it was, it, it actually turned out to be great. Cause I own the publishing on just about every song on this record. Oh. So that's wonderful. That's wonderful. Dude, um, that's big. Get it in an Applebee's commercial, this new single and you're rolling in the dough. I know, so, but I wrote this song called fuel, which is like, you know, you give me fuel and it's, and, and it, that was like a moment where I was taking something in my life that was bringing me down and t trying to turn it into something that was empowering, which that's sort of the, I feel like the vibe of this record with pressure because everyone in the world is feeling pressure right now and you just got to find a way to channel it into something you know these songs are just feelings channeled into music that's all it is right what made you want to play the blues oh man well it's just the way it made me made me feel it made me feel good i uh i met this guy named roosevelt twitty i got his name tattooed here on my nice. wrist so i can remember it um but yeah he i heard him playing in a music store in texas and he said, do you like the blues? And I said, I don't know what it is. And he's like, this is the blues. And he played, he, he was playing in the style of Lightning Hopkins, but he was mm. singing Texas Blood by Stevie Ray Vaughan. And I was just mesmerized by the sound and the feeling. And I became best friends with him and started going over to his house, you know, every day after school and just listening to records. And, you know, I, I just became obsessed with the blues. And then I heard the Black Crows when I was 15 and I realized that the crows were basically playing blues, but it was yeah. just louder and, you know, more distorted and energetic. And I thought, cool, I'm going to I'm going to play rock and roll as an excuse to convince my friends to listen to the blues. And 
<laughs> I just I became more and more obsessed with rock and roll and you know all that stuff. Interesting. Yeah, I have a similar story with me and like you know I, I'm a big fan of like '80s shit. You know, like Van yeah. Halen's my favorite band of all time. And, you know, Kiss yeah. and Motley yeah. Crue and Def Leppard. I mean, you know, with the jacket and everything. So it's funny that you say that. You know, growing up, discovered this guy. Started hanging out with them through high school, and then he introduced you to stuff. Same thing with me. That's exactly how I found my love for my favorite shit. So, that's awesome. It's funny how that works. That's killer, dude. So, for like a blues newbie like me, you know, if I wanted to try and like start getting into like some really cool blues shit, like who should I be listening to? Man, I would listen to this live record called um, Albert Albert King Livewire Blues Power. You know, that song alone, I used to just listen to, and he doesn't. You know, there's not a lot of lyrics. He basically just tells a story about the blues and then he just plays guitar but the emotion in the way he plays the guitar is so cool i'd listen to freddie king i'd listen to bb king live at the regal um and then i'd listen to uh johnny winter mm. okay. so those are some of my favorites taking notes yeah man <laughs> i love it so what kind of uh, what kind of influences are we going to hear on this new album? Are you channeling any of those guys? Like, uh, are you sitting there? How do you come up with a guitar solo for your songs? Are you going like, oh, man, you know, B.B. King did this. Maybe I'll try and, you know, do an homage to him in this situation. Or, You know, I um, I normally try to, to hear it in my head first, what I want to do. Um, and then most of, most of the solos are completely improvised. Mm. Um, you know, I'm not a I'm not a, a theory guy. I'm not classically trained. I just I learned to play from listening to records. Um, right. Uh, you know, I'm I just feel a, like that's the best way to learn and how to be creative, though, because if you know you go to school and you get taught the thing, you know all the, and it's just like there's no room for creativity at the end of the day because I, so I just hate, I hate math. You know what I mean? I can't <laughs> count and play. I hate it. You know? Yeah. Um, so anytime I'm supposed to like count and play, I, I just, my brain just shuts off. And um, mm. so that's why so much of the shakedown record is improvised. It's like, Hey, let's play. How long are we going to do this section for until it feels like we're not supposed to do it? That kind of thing. Um, <laughs> but yeah, the solos are, I just kind of improv and, you know, I certainly, I certainly take influence from a lot of those guys like BB King, you know, there'll be a tip of the hat here and there. Um, but then it's definitely, I think the goal is to definitely try to do your own thing with it and develop your own sound and, yeah. and take it somewhere new. You know, I get so bored with like these regurgitated blues albums, you know, I want, I want it to, to go further than where it was. I don't want to just like listen to a time capsule record unless it's the real thing. Yeah, no, I know exactly what you mean. You know, it's like you listen to some guitar players today and they just, they sound like everybody else. Whereas, you know, if you listen to you, like I, when I hear your stuff, I know it's you immediately just because of the, the sound, the feel, you know, your vibrato, just like everything you have. You know, I think in 2020, you honestly have one of the most I think you are one of the most iconic guitar players uh, in the world right now. Damn, dude, that's a huge compliment. Thank you for saying thanks for saying that. I mean, I have I don't know about all that, but, you know, I'd, I'd love to. <laughs> no, 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 love no to believe me. Take my word for it. It's true. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> that's very, that's very cool, man. I love to. Uh, I just love to love to play, and you know, it's it's one of those things. Like I see, there's some killer guitar players right now. Like with just with Instagram alone, you can. Oh, it's ridiculous. You can spend like an hour, like finding you know 57 year olds that can play you under the table, which <laughs> I think is awesome. You know, I see these kids, and I'm like, dude, you're playing like a virtuoso. You know. Yeah. And you, you know, are you even potty trained yet? That kind of thing. Awesome. 
<laughs> yeah. It's like me when I was like, you know, 12 trying to figure out how to play like Eddie Van Halen. You know, YouTube was just sort of in its infancy. And now you just go on there. And <laughs> so this, the guitar, the guitar I've used uh, a lot on this new record actually has a Van Halen pickup in the bridge. Oh, really? Yeah. I'll show it to you. Yeah. Um, yeah. Is it like the, like a Wolfgang pickup or is it a Frankenstein pickup? It's just this, um, it's, oh. it's just this custom thing that Fender sent to me, um, but it, it just has an Eddie Van Halen humbucker. I don't know uh, it's the probably, details of it. Yeah, it's probably, it's, um, it's probably an EDH Wolfgang pickup, yeah. Yeah. Is that the Strad that got lost? No. Is that a new one? That one yeah, I've got the ones that got lost. Was, so yeah, my, my main guitar got stolen and was missing for five and a half years. Yeah, dude, I was following that. I was like... Like watching the chronicles unfold before my eyes on Instagram, and then when you finally got it, that was like a year ago or something, right? Yeah, it was a. Li- I think it was a little bit longer than that. Yeah, like, um, I should know the exact date, but I don't. But yeah, it was missing five and a half years, and it ended up. Uh, it it never left Spokane Valley, Washington, and some some guy um, went into a used car dealership with the guitar in the back of the car, and basically traded it for you know a thousand dollars off of whatever car he was getting. To the owner of the car dealership who was in a, a cover band, and he sent a picture of it to this guitar shop in Spokane and said, just got this guitar, what's it worth? And they said, we're buying that from you, that's Tyler Bryant's guitar. Oh. And they bought it and sent it to me. That's epic. Isn't that, isn't that crazy? That's nuts. It's It just goes to, you know, listen, at the end of the day, the music community is pretty small, and somebody's going to know someone. Yeah, absolutely, man. I think that's... That's what I love. I feel like the the sense of community in the music industry is actually getting tighter because of all of like all of this, you know? Yeah. No, totally. What do you got going on in your home studio? Like how did you record this do? Are you using like a Universal Apollo? You got the thing or Yeah, dude. I'll, I mean, I'll, I'll, I'll show you. I'll give you a little brief tour. I have I have so much so much stuff. I've got four of the Apollos actually. Um I've got rack. some oh, rack some mount? cool some cool tube gear there like, you know, some compressors and then there's some some more nice. stuff and the proper studio you got going LHA. on there. I just got these uh, 1073s, which sound amazing. But yeah, just I'm I'm a nerd. I'm an audio nerd. No, I'm, I totally. Me too, man. It's like my my studio. I, I'm doing everything digital right now, and you know, I'm thinking about getting some outboard gear. But at the same time, I'm like, you know what? These uh, these dude, Universal the, Audio, uh, these 1073s, they sound pretty. Legit, you know. No, dude, the, the Universal Audio stuff's amazing. You know, I have a little rig that I take with me on the road, and, and I'm able to do sessions from wherever I'm at. And yeah, uh, you know that that the UA stuff. I can't say enough good stuff, good things about that. And, and if, if you're getting killer stuff without buying the outboard gear, it's so expensive. All the outboard stuff is just it's a black hole, dude. Yeah, yeah. I have been just. I've been trying to like scrape my way out of it, and I just and then I get an ad on Instagram for something on Reverb, and I'm like, God, like, damn it! I don't need this, you know, you know, this eleven seventy six. But okay, I guess I'll uh, yeah, I guess I'll do it. You know, you know, the way I've been justifying it is like because a lot of a lot of people have been um, offloading gear, and uh, it's like, oh, you know, this guy probably had all of his gigs canceled. So if I buy this gear from him, then it's probably helping him out. Dude, I'm the same way. That's exactly how I think. I'm like, oh, man, you know what? He's probably doing really rough right now. Fuck, maybe I'll go buy that guitar off of it. 
<laughs> Give it a yeah. good home. Meanwhile, the guy who's selling it is going, sucker, I'm getting all the same sounds with my UA stuff. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> oh, man. I, just, I think there's something romantic about having, you know, knobs to turn. It's it's like pretty fun to just kind of, I just like having toys to tinker with. It's, you know, you yeah. dial in down and then all of a sudden you've, you're inspired to do something. And It's a little bit more gratifying than clicking a mouse on a screen. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, but... But then again, like, you know, the Universal Audio uh, guys have just been so supportive of, you know, us in this process and, you know, like helping me helping me out with some plugins. And, yeah, like, and hey, man, like here's two G's worth of plugins. Go have some fun. Dude, I had a blast using that stuff, you know, because we the entire new record was recorded using no outboard gear, only Universal Audio Unison Pre's. Oh, wow. Yeah, and when and I don't know if you you I mean you've heard the single at least. Yeah, um, oh, it sounds massive. Got, it sounds great. It sounds clean. Yeah, it's 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 huge. It's no there's no console. There's no like real outboard gear. It's all U- UAD. That's amazing. Just how far technology's come. Where it's like you can actually do an entire organic sounding record from your home, entirely yeah. digital. Yeah, we had eighteen tracks of it going at once, and that was all we ever used you know we and we barely use that it was mainly 16 tracks of song wow that's it yeah damn that's probably like the least amount of track count of any rock record this year (laughs) i mean we 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 just we kind of go for trying to get the sound of the band you know without doing too much you know i think because we shine as a live band like a band that's on stage playing live and and the always been the goal to try and and capture that which is diff- it's difficult to do when there's not an audience but mm. who knows well, just, hear it. you could just throw a crowd swell into your in-ears and uh, you're you're golden most of this record we didn't even <laughs> use headphones on oh so it was that live yeah wow oh, yeah man. There's, i hate using headphones like i hate singing with headphones i just you know so most of it was there was no headphones so even live you don't use uh in ears wedges that's it i i prefer wedges we there have been a couple of tours that we've had to do where we had to use in ears just because they weren't carrying wedges <laughs> and also like but so like when we did when we were on the road with acdc i had like eight wedges for myself you know that were like spread across the stage because it's a huge stage yeah massive uh, so like you can i'll be playing through 200 watt marshals and then i run you know however far to my left and i can't hear my guitar at all because uh-huh. it's so so big and so that that is the benefit of using in ears in those big spots is you can actually hear wherever you go. Yeah. The Jeremy White Podcast. The Jeremy White Podcast. Podcast. Hey, when you're on the road with ACDC versus Guns N' Roses, is there like any limitations as to far how like how far you're allowed to go on the stage? Like, oh, there's certain parameters. Don't cross this threshold. Don't cross here. You're not allowed to use the catwalk. Like, is there any of that type of drama on the tour? There's, it's not drama. It's just um, like ACDC. It was pretty common sense. If your name name was not Angus Young, then you didn't go on the catwalk. <laughs> you know, like I because I, I remember the first show we did, I asked the stage manager, I said, can I go out there? And he and he just laughed at me. <laughs> he just laughed. And he goes, is your name Angus Young? And I was like, no. He goes, then you can't go out there. And I was like, cool. Got it. <laughs> um, and then, but with Guns N' Roses, their catwalk is a lot smaller. It's just sort of a box at the front, and they're like, "Yeah, go out there, jump up on the wedges, whatever you want." Oh, nice! So, but it's it's a little different than a catwalk that goes out into the middle of the stadium, you know? 
Yeah, it's just just a smidge different. I love it. Did you see the uh, big ACDC teaser that came out today? I did. Yeah. You know anything? Are you are you going to be like uh, the opening slot or what's what's the deal there? What's the what's the hot goss? I know nothing. I know nothing. I'm uh, uh I'm I've been refreshing their Instagram account all morning waiting to see. Uh-huh. I want, I'm I'm waiting on a song or I'm waiting on something. They you know they're about to just blow everybody's mind. Well, yeah, I know. That's the thing. It's like what do they have planned? When you're on the road with them, did you did they have a recording studio in the back room or anything or no, I don't. I don't know. I mean, they could have, but they're yeah. they're very. Um, Did you get private. to hang out with them at all, like on the road, or is it kind of yeah, like we do our thing? We're our private company, and that's it. You leave us alone. No, I mean, I think I think our mo with, when touring with with big bands is to fly comfortably under the radar. You know, which I think is probably part of the reason we've been asked to go on so many big tours is because we show up on time. We get on stage, we rock, and then we go to our room and and hang out until we leave. You're not a pain um, in the ass. Yeah, we just try not to we try not to bother people and but there there have been a couple times where you know we got invited into ACDC's kind of compound and got to I got to spend a little time with Angus and Nice. And, uh, yeah, I mean it 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 was really really fun, you know. Like when I first met Angus, he was eating a turkey sandwich and I was like, "Dude, you're a human like me." <laughs> you know? Like, dude, you're a god. You should be eating the hearts of every shitty guitar player out there. I know. I know. I thought you were going to be eating, like, Satan's Cheerios or something. <laughs> um, and, But, yeah, I mean, like, the first time I got to talk with Angus, he was like, yeah, I've been hearing you every night. You've been really getting the crowd going. They've been really roaring for y'all. And I was like, oh, my God. Dude. And I was just like, well, we're learning a little bit from, you know, each night from watching you guys like this is get like going to stadium show college getting to watch you perform every night and yes and he was like the goal or he said if you believe you're going to take them on a journey then they'll come with you and it and i was just like oh my god you that's, know it's that's philosophical i know i know so it Damn. was it was really cool to get to hang out with them and when my when my wife and i got married uh in october we got we got a, a nice bottle of champagne and some hand-painted champagne glasses from Angus and his wife, which was pretty cool. That's cute. I have a little note hanging on the fridge. <laughs> That's awesome. You gotta yeah. love that. You, you, you know, you can't buy that shit. No, I know. I, I'm, I feel so fortunate that we were able to, you know, because we, we we had to audition for that tour. We got three shows as an audition. for AC. Yeah. We were out on tour with Billy Gibbons playing an acoustic tour. And then... Basically, this we we used to be at CAA and we left CAA, and our old booking agent called and said, "Hey, can I get you the ACDC tour?" And I was wow. like, "You don't even represent us anymore, and you're going to do that?" And um, yeah, dude, they he said, "I got you a three show audition, and if Angus likes you after that, then you're then you can do all of America." Wow. So, so we did three shows. We did Tacoma, Washington. We did. Uh, Las Vegas and Denver. And then after Denver, we didn't hear anything. Like they didn't tell us like we got the gig or didn't have the gig. So I was, I was immediately like palm sweaty thinking, what do I, I have to quit. Like if Angus thinks we suck, then we most definitely suck. Like I have to stop. And so we just drove to the next show. We drove to the next show. We're like, maybe we're, maybe we're supposed to go and, and I ran into some people from the tour in the hall, and I was like, "Have you heard anything? Like, are we supposed to be? We're in Fargo at this point. We're like, have, are we supposed to be here?" And they're like, "Nobody told you." 
Angus decided after the first show that you guys were on. And I was like, you got to be kidding me. Like, I've been, lo- I haven't even slept, you know, like I've been freaking out. Oh, man, that's just brutal. And then they and then they um, gave us the entire European tour. So we got to go to Europe for the first time with ACDC. And, you know, they treated us so incredibly cool. And when Brian Johnson um, had his hearing issues and, and kind of had to bow out of the tour or whatever, whatever happened, I don't know what happened. Um, when Axl Rose came on, that's how we met Axl. And that's why we got all the Guns N' Roses tours. Damn. So, I, I mean, Angus, you, you could thank him. Yeah, oh, I can thank him for so much, man. Those they were so good to us. That's nuts. And I mean, after playing stadiums and you know being on the road with ACDC and Guns N' Roses, it must be tough to go back and play a small club because you're like, ah. Oh. You know, it's funny. I like I talked to Angus about it because I, I was like, man, I get pretty nervous before going out in, in front of you know this many people every night. And he's like, oh, I get nervous to go in front of a small club, you know, because they're so close, they can see you yeah. so well. Um, I I feel very at home you know, in small venues, just, but I, I love the interaction, you know, at a big show, especially like a big support show, those people are there to see ACDC and we're just lucky to, to have the opportunity to try and prove ourselves. Yeah. Um, at a, at a club show where we're headlining, we've already, we've already earned those fans so we can just kind of have a big rock and roll celebration. So it's two different, um, ways to look at it for me. I love that. That's a great way to look at it. Yeah. Hmm. That's like we go out to the ACDC shows knowing we're essentially pl- plastic rap on a record they've been waiting for. Like they're ready to <laughs> rip us off and get to the record, you know. No. That's so we have to we have to basically just fight for the attention and also we're not getting the lights, we're not getting the screens. We're you know, we have to just rely on the music and and our energy. Whereas if it's a headline show in a club, we can kind of do whatever we want. Yeah. And, hey, the music and the energy does all the talking for you because, damn, what a live band you guys are. I can't wait to see you guys live. It's going to be great. 2021, you going back on the road? I sure hope so, man. I sure hope so. <laughs> well, there's, no, there's no like concrete plans yet, but I'm sure there will be. Yeah. Well, I'm looking forward to this new album, Pressure. It's available on October 16th. You can pre-order it now. Go pre-save it, download it, buy the thing. So, you know, he gets your money and he can buy some more vintage analog gear and keep yeah, blowing up his studio. And I got to plug our uh, album release show, too. On October 16th, on our website, we're doing a full, con- like a full album release show, playing the majority of the new album, some old songs. Um, and there's going to be um, some killer studio footage, like from the making of the album, Oh, cool. As well included. So that's going to be a cool event. Very nice. So to coincide with the album coming out, album release party. Yeah. Get yeah. Fu- and the know. band is going to be in the in a chat, basically just hanging out with fans. And we're going to have some special guests in the chat as well. So it's a pre-recorded show that will air on the album release day. Oh, sweet. Awesome stuff. Yeah. Well, October 16th, go get it. Are you guys going to be pressing uh, pressing any vinyl? Yeah, the bright red, man. You'll love it. Oh, dude, I need to get a copy. Get my hands yeah, on that. microphone. <laughs> exactly. He's got to go with it, you know. I love it. Well, thanks a lot for chatting, man. I know we went a little late, but, uh, you know, thanks a lot for chatting, and this was awesome. It was great to meet you. Hey, man, great to meet you, man. Keep it, keep it stylish, and I'll talk to you soon. <laughs> All right. We'll see you later. Later, brother. Peace. Peace. There you go. Tyler Bryant, man. That was so cool. October 16th, brand new album is out. It's called Pressure. He worked hard on that thing, man. And I heard a couple of tracks since we've uh, 
done the interview, and I got to tell you, it's just so good. You are going to love this thing. So go pre-order that. Thanks a lot for hanging out on the Jeremy White Podcast. I'll see you guys next week with another episode. Please go like and subscribe and do the whole thing. I hate sounding like a YouTuber, but honestly, it, it does help. It reminds you to go and subscribe and follow the podcast on iHeartRadio, Spotify, Apple. By the way, you could tell your smart speaker. It's super simple. Play the Jeremy White podcast. You could just tell uh, your Siri, tell your Echo, tell Alexa, tell Google, and it does it. It's very simple. All right. Make sure you go like, subscribe. And uh, we'll see you next week. This has been the Jeremy White Podcast. With Bistan. For the best Lebanese cuisine in Montreal, it's got to be Bistan. Visit Bistan.ca. For exclusive content, video and interviews. Connect with Jeremy White. Subscribe on YouTube, Spotify, Apple Podcasts, iHeartRadio. And available wherever you get your podcasts.